Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. So the GOP, it's not a political party anymore, okay? It's not. We've got to stop thinking of it as a political party in the way that we were raised to believe it is. And so much praise being thrown around for the Republicans who stood up in the January 6th hearings and did the right thing and told the truth. And that's how it is. They deserve the praise. Just, 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 just by not committing treason, they get accolades. Just by not lying in service of sedition, they get praise. That's how far what used to be the party of Lincoln has sunk. They have raised the bar on lowering the bar. And I, I just want to talk about the last couple days with what used to be the party of Lincoln. First, this weekend at the Texas Republican Convention. Boy, howdy. Every Republican running for office should be asked by actual journalists to weigh in on the new platform of the Republican Party in the great state of Texas. We played some of their clips last week where they booed John Cornyn relentlessly because he tried to have the most limp, flaccid, milk toast gun safety deal with Democrats, which is heresy because they don't care how many children have to be slaughtered as long as they can own the entertainment they want to own. Well, so they put together their platform over the weekend. And I'm sorry, I think it's one of the most shocking things of the past three days. But there's a lot we're going to get to. Their new platform states that Joe Biden is only the acting president because he didn't win legally. Biden was not legitimately elected. That is the official stance of the Texas Republican Party. They also call for banning all abortions, defunding public schools, repealing the federal minimum wage. Uh, Texans should vote on seceding from the union. More on that in a bit. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 should be repealed. Any gun control is a rights violation. Homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. No, actually, it's not. Being gay is natural. Hating gay is a lifestyle choice. And they want to refuse any expansion of Medicaid. As shocking as it all is, that state's refusal to accept Medicaid expansion under Obamacare in the first place was one of the most stupid and cruel, unnecessarily cruel policy we've seen in the last hundred years. And no Republicans in Texas have paid the price. There are Texans who are dead now 
because Texas would not accept the expanded Medicaid funds. And Judd Legum has a great piece in Twitter today in a thread about all the different major corporations that back this, from Pepsi, which is trying to deny it, Chevron uh, was a corporate sponsor of this event, Verizon, Anheuser-Busch, Microsoft. They should all be asked, do you believe homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice? Like the convention you donated thousands of money to believes that the Voting Rights Act of 1965 should be repealed? This is the world as seen by the Republican Party of Texas. And again, that's not even the nuttiest part of the last three days. The Supreme Court essentially destroying the wall of church and state. I mean, requiring state funds to be used for religious education. This is Christian nationalist dominionism stuff. Someone's trying to indoctrinate children, guys, and it's not drag queens. Okay, but no, it gets crazier. People of Earth. I give you Republican Missouri Senate candidate Eric Greitens. Might be familiar. He's a pretty famous guy, Eric Greitens. He's, he's been around for a while. Uh, he used to be the governor of that great state of Missouri. And then he had to resign after two years because, well, his wife said that he beat her and beat their children. He kidnapped and tied up his mistress and forced her to perform sex acts on him. Uh, that, that's our word, I think. And took photos of her against her consent. He had to resign because of that, the sexual misconduct. He faced felony charges for using a vet's charity to raise campaign money. And again, his ex-wife accused him of physically abusing the children. And yet, this guy is still allowed to run for Senate. And he might very well get the nomination. And he might very well win. A domestic abuser. And apparently a guy who hates adultery so much, he'll beat the hell out of his own mistress. But he put out a video. And it's unlike anything you've ever seen. It is a video where he is going after urging his supporters to go rhino hunting. Rhino standing for Republicans in name only. It's a 38 second video. He talks about his past as a Navy SEAL. He's not allowed to wear the uniform and says he's going rhino hunting and cocking a shotgun. Then he breaks into a home along with a bunch of guys wearing U.S. camouflage uniforms and military style gear. You know what? Yes. Let, let me let me let me just play you the audio because you will not be seeing this on Facebook. Meta has removed this video, this campaign ad for violating their policies, prohibiting violence and incitement. And Twitter has already put a warning ahead of this video. This is just the audio. A8, possibly your future senator, your disgraced former governor of Missouri, Eric Greitens. I'm Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL. And today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country. And it's guys with guns and military fatigues breaking into a house. Now, Mr. Greitens is no longer a Navy SEAL. The Navy SEALs refused to reinstate him due to his scandals around beating his wife, beating his children, allegedly, and beating the crap out of his mistress and raping her. That is the nominee. Kinzinger called him a very bad man. Congressman Ruben Gallego said this type of fascist messaging needs to stop. Joaquin Castro said this is sociopathic. You're going to get someone killed. No TV station or streaming service should agree to air this ad. I mean, in 2016, when he ran for governor, he released an ad where he's using an automatic Gatling gun. (laughs) This is a cretin. And and by the way, 
just just the performative masculinity is so pathetic. I, I, I could I didn't think I could be more shocked after the Supreme Court, after the Greitens video, after the Texas GOP. But then we got to the most recent hearings of the January 6th committee. Did you watch? Really impressive. In one day, they showed how Trump spread claims of fraud that he knew were lies. And he used the lies to pressure local and state officials to illegally overturn the election. And he endangered the lives of these officials and their families. And most importantly, how a couple of brave public servants saved our democracy. We were shown today that his effort to overturn the election was a criminal enterprise. He called the RNC and asked them to coordinate outreach to pressure state lawmakers as part of his fraud elector scheme. And I don't know what your thoughts were, if you watched it or not. I do recommend watching all of it. And I want to thank whoever booked Arizona Speaker of the House, Rusty Bowers, Republican, and all the January 6th hearing witnesses for reminding us that there are still honest Republicans, because the ones we see on cable news and in the Texas GOP platform and cretins running for the Senate in Missouri had made me forget this. Adam Schiff said today that if you can convince Americans that they cannot trust their own elections, that any time they lose it is somehow illegitimate, then what is left but violence to determine who should govern? I want to play a little bit of Adam Schiff directing the testimony at today's hearing, featuring officials from Georgia and Arizona discussing the pressure placed on them by Trump and his staff and his supporters. This is Congressman Schiff and Arizona Speaker Rusty Bowers clearing up the details of a conversation he had with Donald Trump. Uh, Former President Trump begins by calling you a rhino, uh, Republican in name only. He then references a conversation uh, in November 2020 in which he claims that you told him that the election was rigged and that he had won Arizona. To quote uh, the former president, during the conversation, he told me the election was rigged and that I won Arizona, unquote. Did you have such a conversation with the president? I did have a conversation with the president. Um, That certainly isn't it, but there were parts of it that are true, but there are parts that are not, sir. And the part that I read you, uh, is that false? Anywhere, anyone, anytime has said that I said the election was rigged, that would not be true. This man is a devout conservative Republican. This man supported and voted for Donald Trump. This man cried while testifying about how Trump demanded he violate his oath and steal the election from the voters of Arizona. This man also needs to be played by Ed Harris in the movie. Here is Rusty Bowers again, offering an emphatic defense of his refusal to collude with the Trump campaign, citing his allegiance to his oath of office, his state and the USA. A2. Why did you feel, either in the absence of that evidence um, or with it, what they were asking you to do would violate your oath to the Constitution? First of all, when the people, and in Arizona, I believe it some 40 plus years earlier, the legislature had established the manner of electing our officials or the electors for the presidential race. Once it was given to the people, as in Bush v. Gore, illustrated by the Supreme Court, it becomes a fundamental right of the people. So as far as I was concerned, for someone to ask me, in the, 
I would call it a paucity. There was no, no evidence being presented of any strength. Evidence can be hearsay evidence. It's still evidence, but it's still hearsay. But strong judicial quality evidence, anything that would say to me, you have a doubt, deny your oath. I will not do that. And on more than on more than one occasion throughout all this, that has been brought up, and it is a tenet of my faith that the Constitution is divinely inspired of my most basic foundational beliefs. And so for me to do that because somebody just asked me to is foreign to my very being. I, I, I will not do it. Now, Ellie Mistel pointed out, remember that Rusty Bowers, who cried about his constitutional duties, helped pass a boatload of voter suppression bills targeting blacks, Latinos, and Native Americans in this state in case anybody cares about such things. And I do. It's worth remembering that these people still thought Donald Trump was the best guy to be president. They voted for him twice. And we've said throughout this hearing process, they've been very wise to only book Republicans. That's all part one was of today. Rusty Bowers, Brad Raffensperger, the Georgia Secretary of State, and Gabriel Sterling, Georgia Secretary of State Chief Operating Officer, who testified that he he had to argue with members of his own family that his office didn't have suitcases full of ballots to steal the election from Trump. His own relatives confront him about this. Here he is, Gabriel Sterling, telling the January 6th committee about the post-election harassment that pushed him too far. A little after lunch that day, uh, lunchtime, I received a call from the project manager from Dominion Voting Systems, who was oddly, audibly shaken. She's not the kind of person I would assume would be that way. She has a master's from MIT, a graduate of the Naval Academy, and was very much on the ball and pretty unflappable. And she informed me about a a young contractor they had who had been receiving threats um, from a a video been posted by some QAnon supporters. And at that point, we had been sort of been steeping in this kind of stuff. So we were it was around us all the time. So I I didn't take note of it more than adding to the pile of other stuff we were having to deal with. And I did pull up Twitter and I scrolled through it and I saw the young man's name. It was a particular tweet that for lack of a better word, with a straw that broke the camel's back. Um, had a young man's name, a very unique name, I believe he was a first-generation American, and said, had his name, you committed treason, may God have mercy on your soul, with a slowly twisting gif of a noose. And for lack of a better word, I lost it. I just got irate. Um, my boss was with me at the time, the Deputy Secretary, Jordan Fuchs, and she could tell that I was angry. I've turning, I tend to turn red from here up when that happens, and that happened at that time. And she called Secretary Raffensperger to say, we're seeing these kind of threats, and Gabe thinks we need to say something about it. And Secretary said yes, and that's what prompted me to do what I did. I lost my temper, but it seemed necessary at the time because it was just getting worse. And I, don't, I could not tell you why that particular one was the one that put me over the edge, but it did. And then, of course, there was Secretary of State Raffensperger. Now, remember when Trump was impeached for asking a foreign leader to dig up dirt on Joe Biden? But we've got him on tape begging Raffensperger, demanding Raffensperger not count all the votes, but to produce exactly 11,780 votes so they could steal Georgia's election. 
we've known it for 17 months. Raffensperger spoke and reminded us that it makes no sense that Trump was a victim of fraud if Trump lost, but all of the down-ballot Republican candidates won. And I'm glad someone mentioned that. I mean, Raffensperger, by the way, just finished giving the same testimony against Trump to the grand jury in Georgia. Watch that space. But don't forget, what kind of fraud is it that the Democrats lose seats in the House? Also, I appreciate all these Republican men testifying against Trump, but I'm kind of shocked how all these high-ranking GOP officials who wanted Trump to win, and they're all shocked that he conducted himself like a thug post-election. Where were you guys the last five years? Were you not paying attention when he was president? These are people who, like, watched the first two and a half Star Wars movies and halfway through Return of the Jedi, they're like, oh, wait, maybe Darth Vader's a bad guy. So, after all of this Republican double-talk and jive and fuckery that I endured all weekend in the first half of this particular hearing... It was amazing to see the first non-Republicans call to testify in panel number two today. And that would be Wandrea Arche, better known as Shea Moss, former Georgia election worker. I began this hearing thinking I couldn't hear anything more moving than what we heard from Rusty Bowers. And then I heard from Shea Moss and pre-taped testimony from her mother, Ruby. Now, Trump accused Ms. Moss and her mother of rigging the election with suitcases of ballots on election night. They were both targeted in a video that Rudy Giuliani called a smoking gun. And because Rudy Giuliani has to make it racist, he said they were passing flash drives together like they were cocaine or heroin. Here is Georgia election worker, Wondrea Arshay Moss. And if you didn't see this testimony today, do yourself a favor on YouTube later and watch the entire thing. She was very, very nervous at first until it got rolling, and she revealed the mental, emotional, and physical fallout of Donald Trump focusing the ire of his MAGA world minions on her, her mother, and her grandma. Ms. Moss, how has this experience of being targeted by the former president and his allies affected your life? It's turned my life upside down. Um, I no longer give out my business card. I don't transfer calls. I um, don't want anyone knowing my name. I don't want to go anywhere with my mom because she might yell my name out over the grocery aisle or something. I don't go to the grocery store at all. I haven't been anywhere um, at all. I've gained about 60 pounds. I just don't do nothing anymore. I don't want to go anywhere. I second guess. Everything that I do, um, it's affecting my life in a, in a major way, in every way, all because of lies. For me doing my job, same thing I've been doing forever. Real people personally affected by the big lie. Think about how often right-wing media talks about the left ruining the lives of Brett Kavanaugh by talking about what he did, ruining the life of Kyle Rittenhouse by talking about what he did. This woman would describe a life lived in terror because of the lies of the president of the United States. So let me just bring it back to Texas. This Republican Party is talking about about sovereignty and seceding from the union. And they put in their charter under a section called state sovereignty, Pursuant to Article 1, Section 1 of the Texas Constitution, the federal government has impaired our right of local self-government. Therefore, federally mandated legislation that infringes on the Tenth Amendment of Texas rights, blah, 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 blah. They, they, Texas retains the right to secede from the United States 
and they call upon the Texas legislature to have a referendum. So next year, they're demanding Texans get to vote on seceding from the union. Think about that. The only thing Texas needs to secede from are high fructose corn syrup and putting oil industry stooges in the governor's mansion. They are number three in Medicaid enrollment. Secede from that. They're number two in the nation in SNAP benefits and TANF benefits. Secede from that. They're number 15 in unemployment, number third in the nation in Medicare. They have the third highest debt to the federal government of all these states. The, uh, the only, like, like, Texas is voting on seceding when they are this attached to the federal teat. I know it's all for show. I know it's these racist idiot yahoos trying to rally the racist idiot yahoos. But remember, if Texas did secede, they would lose 38 electoral votes, 13 lost seats in the House, and two fewer senators, and they'd stop getting Medicaid. They wouldn't get any federal funding at all anymore. They would willfully forfeit all armed forces bases in their state, all federal funds, all assistance. They'd have to forfeit Social Security, forfeit Medicare, forfeit Medicaid. They wouldn't be allowed to keep the military equipment or the troops, and they would lose NASA as well. <laughs> Guys, maybe, maybe we cut a deal and say we get to keep Austin and San Antonio, and y'all can go. And once you're gone, we'll build that wall. And a year from now, when you're a libertarian hellhole, you can apply for asylum with your neighbors, Mexico. <laughs> I know America is the land where it always has to get worse before it gets better. But amidst all this crazy, just remember something. <laughs> the Republicans are getting worse. They're not a political party anymore. They've lost their minds. The sane ones are the minority. And yet they are poised to take the House and the Senate this year and the White House in two years. But friends, they only win if the rest of us let them. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Reverend Barry Lynn is an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ, and he served as the executive director for Americans United for the Separation of Church and State until his retirement a couple years back. You might have grown up like me watching him on PBS NewsHour, The Today Show, 60 Minutes, even The O'Reilly Factor. Maybe you've read his stuff in the LA Times, USA Today, The Nation. We are always thrilled to be joined by the great Reverend Barry W. Lynn. Welcome back, sir. It is wonderful to be back, even on a day that is provided us with troubling news. 
Well, I, I and I do want to talk about um, obviously the hearings and uh, some positive things as well. But let, let's just begin by briefly touching on what happened today with the Supreme Court and this program in Maine. Uh, the, the the case was Carson versus Macon, um, and it really seems Barry like the theocrats are deeply in control of the Supreme Court. Yeah, there's really no question about that. Uh, this started back in 2002 when the Supreme Court, which was a much more, uh, shall we say, measured uh, operation than it is today, decided that the state of Ohio could, in fact, create a voucher program where parents might decide to turn those vouchers in to a private religious school for partial, if not all, the payment. But the one good thing about that case, and erosions have occurred since then, the one good thing is that Ohio said you have to obey the non-discrimination laws at the state and federal level. And I, people like me, when we would go on shows after that bad decision, would say, this is important. Today, the Supreme Court said it's really not that important. The two schools involved in this case, one of them literally says, if you are a child, uh, a lesbian, a gay person, a bisexual, a trans person, you can't even get admitted to the school. The other one, taking a more optimistic approach, says you can get in, but you have to go through counseling in order to eventually repudiate your sexual identity. Mm-hmm. And one of the schools actually promotes in its educational materials, uh, describing what the school does, that its purpose is to make sure that students understand that God is not supportive of the Muslim faith. So now when you think about this, this means that Muslims living in Maine, and there are lots of Muslims and Sikhs and Hindus who live in New England, they would have to subsidize through their tax dollars discriminatory teachings that say their religion is wrong, that it's evil, that it's corrupt. So that patina of uh, joy that we might have maintained when it appeared that you might actually have to obey by anti-discrimination laws is not. Ironically, the sole focus of the majority of decision is on the so-called discrimination against religious parents, that Mm -hmm. they can't send their children to a religious school. This says, basically, if you have any kind of private funding for anyone, you must, it's not that you may, you must include grants to religious schools. And these really, I mean, these are not even, this is not something where somebody says, well, I'm a little spiritual. I think we should teach that to students. This is bold-faced, discriminatory Christian bigotry at its worst. It's insane because it has nothing to do with the teachings of Christ. It has nothing to do with the conservative values of the founders of this country. I mean, Maine pays for schools for students whose home district doesn't have a school, but they won't pay for religious schools. That's what this was all about. And now they're they're saying that Maine violated the free exercise clause by refusing to provide public funding to private religious schools that can teach children, as you pointed out, religious things that have nothing to do with the teachings of of Christ. Reverend, is this the first time the court has ever said a state must, not not may, but a state is obliged to pay is, for religious education? 
Yeah, this is absolutely the first time. They've been whittling away at this. It gets, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but I mean, they whittled away at it for years. But this is the first time when you can have a teaching, a organization that's not just affiliated with a Christian church, but is literally using the funds to teachers who are only, by the way, going to be hired if they are born-again Christians. In other words, a Christian like myself, I could not get a job in most really? of these schools. Oh, my, because no. you got it right the first time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is the first time. I mean, I must say that after the oral argument, uh, I was skeptical that they would see the light. I, I was on a—somebody was looking through my old videotapes a couple years ago and found a, an event on CNN where I was having a debate on school— vouchers for religious schools with none other than corporate lawyer John Roberts. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was he was full-blown, full-throated into it then long before uh, he was tapped to be the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Barry, I want to ask you if you had a chance to watch any of the uh, January 6th hearings today and what your take was. Yeah, I did. And I think I was a little skeptical when he started. I was afraid that uh, sometimes Democrats, as much as I love most of them, um, sometimes they can pontificate a bit. And I was worried that might be what they did and they, that they wouldn't give enough time to these extraordinary witnesses. But I don't see how anyone who even remotely thinks they're open minded about whether Trump's uh, election lies are true, when they listen to the testimony today, from Republican officials in three different states when they listened to the story of the woman in Georgia who was with her mother today, and they both feared for their life because they dared to say, I was just doing the job I was supposed to do. Exactly. I was not doing anything wrong. Now I think there might be people who could change their mind. I'm not talking about people on the fringes. I'm talking about the people who consider themselves responsible people in the Republican Party. And, I, and there are some of those people left. And I think you can't look at today's hearing to say nothing of Bill Barr and Judge Ludwig and other people who were on before and not say there's something wrong here. If a Republican says there's no there there, maybe I should listen to that and think about whether I'm going to support Trump again or whether I'm going to support some of the Trump anointed candidates running for the United States Senate. And yet, Reverend, every one of these Republicans that testified to Trump's lies today would vote for him again if he was the party nominee in 2024. Everyone. Uh, I, I don't know if the I, I didn't see all, all the testimony from the uh, Republican in Arizona. Did he did he actually say that? Because no, Tim he didn't Scott, say that. for example, yeah, Tim Scott's just said it a couple of hours ago on Fox News that he, he was very troubled, blah, 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 blah. But he would still vote for him. And some of them would. There's no question about it. But in these very competitive Senate races that people had written off in Arizona, for example, in Nevada, where uh, Adam Laxalt, the former uh, attorney general of the state, and I actually know his mother uh, quite well. And uh, but Adam Laxalt is 100 percent in to the Biden stole the election. 
And when, when that happens, it makes you think this could maintain itself as a very tight race. And Mark Kelly, well-known, well-loved as an astronaut, he might be able to save that seat. When you go to Georgia and you look at Herschel Walker, who I literally think is the dumbest person I have ever, I've been in Washington a long time, the yeah. dumbest person ever to have run for a seat in the United States Senate. He, he may be dumber than the former senator from Virginia, Bill Scott. Bill Scott spent one term in the, in the Senate. Uh, he was declared by a magazine to be literally the dumbest sitting member of the Senate. How dumb was he? He held a press conference the day after the story appeared to announce that he was not the dumbest member of the United <laughs> States Senate. So Bill Scott was dumb. But Herschel Walker, not only is Herschel Walker just in, incapable of putting sentences together in any meaningful way, but he's a consistent liar. I think that's you can the make thing. A yes, I, 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 we've got to separate dumb from head injury and we've got to separate yeah. dumb from just corrosively dishonest. Yeah, there's lots the of dumb guys. There's dumb, there's dumb guys who don't lie all the time. <laughs> I mean, this guy, you know, uh, Donald Trump lies all the time. But I mean, Herschel Walker, since we don't know as much about him, we haven't spent our life in the last four or five years having to listen to him. But here's a man who said he graduated with honors from high school. He was number one in his class. That was a lie. He said he went to college. That was a lie. He said he formed a, a very important and impressive a corporation in the state of Georgia. That's a lie. That a lie. And then in the last few days, he said, not only, oh, yes, I was also a police officer, but he also said, just to make sure the cachet was pure, I was also an FBI agent. Every one of those statements is a hundred percent lie. This again, this is not this is not a little spin. This is a direct set yeah. of lies yeah. that never seems to go away. Yeah. And he seems to be just so surrounded, though, by an insulated cadre of Republicans that don't care. You know, I, I kind of feel like Herschel Walker. I don't see this guy beating Reverend Warnock just because I don't think the racist folks in Georgia are going to show up to vote for him. They seem to think that black folks in Georgia are gullible enough to go for this guy, despite all of his lies. Donald Trump only endorsed him because celebrity is Trump's one true ethnic group. As depressing as it is, and I try to separate, again, head injuries from basic dumbness. and. Yep. You know, I, Ron Johnson, I, I've met Ron Johnson. I have a hard time imagining a senator dumber than Ron Johnson. The man's as dumb as a bag of hammers. But I, I got to say, you're optimistic about the Senate, aren't you? I mean, all I hear, Reverend, is no. the media uh, that's owned by guys who don't want their taxes to go up. No. Talking about how the Democratic agenda is dead in the water. The Democratic House and Senate are over already. They're already picking out the funeral arrangements. Do you see hopeful signs in this year's Senate race? Yeah, I I really do. I mean, I, I've been looking at the polls, polls this early in the race. Of course, the election's not till November, but they can be misleading. But this idea of being able to prove on the basis of the polling, we see that there's going to be this red tsunami, this, this sweeping away of everyone. If you look at Pennsylvania, even after John Fetterman's stroke, the latest polls I've seen, he's six or seven points ahead of phony Dr. Mamet Oz, right. who, by his, the way, by the way his, his, John Fetterman's blood clot is eight or nine points ahead of Dr. Oz. The blood clot alone <laughs> that caused the stroke, sir. Exactly. 
And I've had one of those strokes, and I know what he went through. But, I, but I'll tell you, I think when you look at the other polling, uh, Vance, the guy who wrote the Hillbilly Elegy, a book that sadly was uh, Ron Howard, I lost a little bit of respect for when he turned it into a not terribly good movie. But he, too, is barely even with Paul Ryan, who, of course, ran for president unsuccessfully, right. but who is a very moderate he wouldn't be my perfect candidate, or I guess I would have supported him in the presidential run. But he's certainly a blue collar, serious person, a genuinely pro family person, a person who understands that the hurt that is being done is not going to be alleviated simply by saying, oh, Joe Biden, it's all his fault. Inflation is his fault. The gas prices are his fault. The war in Ukraine is his fault. Because Paul Ryan, I think, can feel very similar to make the very similar arguments to Sherrod Brown, who, of course, I, I have enormous respect for, who is the current Democratic senator in Ohio. So Ohio, I have a lot of concern about some of the incumbents, but I think that in the event that the abortion decision comes down in a week or so, and it does do away with Roe versus Wade, I think that's going to give a lot of cachet to women who are incumbents, Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire. Um, uh, there's a, a woman in, uh, in New Mexico. They, these, are, these are people who can use the concern, the deeply felt concern of women over the right to reproductive choice being lost. It will give them a great opportunity to be fired up, to fire up women voters, and to make a difference in a lot of those states. There, there are long shots. I mean, I'd love to see Marco Rubio lose in Florida. Me too. I, I really like Val Demings, but I, I'm not sure she's got enough of the potency to, to really take out somebody like Marco Rubio. But um, we... It's the it's the constant, as you just pointed out, it's the constant harangue in the mainstream media about how everything is wrong. Everything is bad. And uh, Democrats will lose everywhere. The more you say that, the more it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's really deadly because I think it's going to keep people away from voting. And I think that is truly a horrible, horrible result. Reverend, before I let you go, I'd be most remiss if I didn't ask you about abortion rights. We're kind of waking up every day and wondering if today's the day the Supreme Court will hand down their decision and uh, take a right away from Americans for the first time in our lifetime. Now, you actually have a, a theory that there are several ways the public can deal with a possible criminalization of abortion. Yeah, I mean, I think there are three things that could be done. First is file lawsuits based on what I wish Roe versus Wade had been decided about, and that is that it's a religious freedom issue. The only reason there was organizing against uh, abortion was because of the power, first, of the Roman Catholic Church, and then somewhat more belatedly, people like Jerry Falwell. But there are religious groups that do promote, including a Jewish synagogue down in South Florida that's mm -hmm. already filed a lawsuit that says, look, in Jewish law and tradition, we are obligated to actually obtain abortions. If you do what Florida did and goes into effect, I think, on July 1st, 
absolute bar on any abortions, even if there's rape or incest involved. But there's a, a tiny exception for literally if, if carrying the fetus to term would kill you, maybe you can get it. That's well, not it what Jewish t- teaching is. But, Jewish but, but, teaching is mean- much more liberal. But but I mean, it, it it also is just a scientific fact that it is a much greater risk to a woman's life to give birth than to terminate a pregnancy. Yeah, that's certainly true too. That's certainly statistically true. But I think if you if you had a plaintiff, and there there may be some coming soon, that that say, look, I am a devout Jewish person. I am pregnant. I do not. I cannot have this child. I'm afraid of it. I have too many children. I want to make a morally judgment that says I should do this. And then the state of Florida, and then uh, literally just today, a few hours ago, the governor in Louisiana passed a similar piece of legislation prohibiting all abortions, all safe and all safe abortions, I should say, because we're never, never going to get rid of all abortions. We're just going to get rid of safety of them. So that's one thing. Those lawsuits and particularly after today's decision about the free exercise of religion, it ought to be consistent. And I think there would be some federal courts who would say that. What's more the free exercise of religion than making these important individual moral choices about whether or not to carry a fetus to term? So that's one thing. The other okay. thing, there are an astounding number of district attorneys and attorney generals in some states who have said if they criminalize either abortion or criminalize physicians or other people performing abortions, we will not prosecute. Correct. And this is because prosecutorial discretion is enormous. You, you can decide that for the good of the community and DAs do this all the time. We're just not going to prosecute. We're not going to prosecute people for uh, some kind of a small marijuana possession. It's not exactly. that important. Exactly. But then the third... Um, but Go the ahead, third please. thing is jury nullification. I mean, this is a, a practice that is permitted in the common law of, of the uh, Western world. The idea is you can listen to the arguments. You can have the judge tell you what the law is. You can listen to all the facts. But as an individual juror, you can say, I don't care. This is this should not be a criminal matter. I am not going to convict someone of doing it. And just to show you that it happens on a regular basis, there, there are two laws now on the books that are almost never enforced. One is the requirement to register for the military draft. Every man at turning 18 has to register. There are mil, literally millions of people who have not registered or who That's didn't. Right. Well, you know, didn't tell the government that they moved as people in their 18 to 21 year olds tend to move a lot. That's also punishable by a huge fine and imprisonment. 20 people, 20 people since Jimmy Carter brought back this registration requirement have been prosecuted. 20 people. Look at obscenity laws, not child pornography laws, but obscenity laws. There are obscenity laws about everything. You can't say obscene things on the radio. You can't say it uh, on the Internet. You can't. Mm-hmm. None. There are no prosecutions of people. Exactly. Why? Because juries will not convict. You're not going to find somebody convicting a person of uh, uh, distributing obscenity 
if they're in a jury and, uh, you know, they maybe went out to the video store and rented the same movie the weekend before. Barry, we got to hit a break. Nullification. We got to hit a break, but I thank you. I needed some optimism tonight and you gave it to us. Reverend Barry Lynn, thank everyone, you. please, please follow the Reverend online. Barry, come back and see us again very soon. I need a bit of hope and you gave it thank to me. Thank you. We'll be right Bye-bye. back with your calls on progress. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let me get to the phones and get some people on hold who've been here forever. Doug in North Carolina, thank you for your patience. Ah, it's my pleasure. And uh, it's always always great to hear Barry there. Hey, uh, your first caller uh, mentioned that about how he was kind of surprised that Fox showed the hearings and all that he did point out is just, you know, not the primetime ones. And I actually, I, do, I watched it on Fox because I wanted to see how they were going to react after it ended. And they brought it up, you know, they brought it up briefly. It's like, well, hey, how about that one something? But they right away went to the shooting at that school down in Texas. And then right after that went to about the border wall. Yeah, you know, huh. the border, and you know the invade, you know the immigrants coming over, yeah, and it was that, like that, that border wall. Our lives depended on that border wall, you know. Oh, I know. It, it was just, it's just sort of like it, it was like okay, we showed it, we did our day. You know, now we're going to go on what we want to now promote, and so <laughs> it, it just really shocked me. But also, um, I was hoping yeah, I could talk to Barry about this, but he, yeah, I, I mean, I would have brought the interview down if, if he did this, but. Uh, but it seems like now Fox's new poster child, you know, for the war against Christianity is this football coach named Joe Kennedy. And I think he's at the Supreme Court because, you know, he's been leading this, you know, this big prayer thing in the middle of the field and try to get everybody to just come out in there. And, you know, even there's saying, hey, you know, there's people doing, you know, on their own free will and all that. But, I, you know, people are feeling a little bit, you know, kind of pressured, you know, like, God, if I don't do this, you know, they're going to think i'm an atheist or you know a devil oh, yeah. worshiper and all that Absolutely. and so uh, but but i just would love to see uh some you know high school somewhere where the coach might be muslim or any other religion That's especially it. muslim to go out to right beforehand and put out a prayer rug and start bowing down and, and you just know these people who are supporting this joe kennedy clown would just go ape shit over this guy you know, exactly. how dare him do that exactly that's all it is you know i mean we we demand a prayer be read before this game okay 
And then have the kid get up there and say, there is but one God, and that is Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger. And look how quickly they'll get off of it. If these public school teachers and coaches, these agents of the state, are permitted to impose their religious belief on students, that is a loss of religious freedom for all of us. And we're on very dangerous ground with what the Supreme Court's doing. We've, we've talked about this case with, with Coach Kennedy quite a bit in the past, and he had been repeatedly told that he could not do this. The lower courts repeatedly found that the facts in the case are clear. Some students did feel coerced by their coaches' orchestrated public prayers with players on the 50-yard line immediately after football games. It's not even like he was trying to do it privately, which is how Christ demanded we pray. My whole issue is not so much about violating the Constitution. My issue is about violating the religion these guys pretend to follow. Jesus makes it very clear in Matthew 6, 5. You pray in private. This is performative spiritual posturing. It's bullshit spiritually. And the Supreme Court can't rule on that, but anyone who reads the Bible can. And the funny thing about it is we're like, they love when this guy gets his, on his knee, but when, you know, Kopenick did it, oh, how dare him do that kind of shit there. Exactly. Exactly. And all Kaepernick did was, you know, permitted under the First Amendment. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. But again, yeah, these are the people who are more offended by Kaepernick's knee than Derek Chauvin's knee. I mean, think about it. Donald Trump was harsher on Kaepernick than he was on Vladimir Putin. And we all know what that's about. So the undisputed fact shows the students felt pressure by an agent of the state— Local taxpayers pay the coach's salary. They felt pressured by a state agent to pray. This violated every one of the constitutional tests you can throw up there. Hey, can I, but can I wait? The make judges won't care. Go ahead. Though. Go ahead. One more point, real quick. Yeah, sure. I still feel like the AM stations around here, because I travel a lot, and it's just, I, I think they're like probably like, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying to ban them or anything else, but bring back the freedom doctrine, because I mean, these guys. Like, we have a local one here, and I think he's pretty much banned me from this program. But the other day, it was after the first uh, January 6th thing. He was like, you know, he goes, I'm hearing all this stuff about there claiming that, you know, somebody's claiming that this was just nothing, you know, but a tourist, you know, coming through this and all that. And he goes, I never heard anything about that. That's not, you know, that's you know pretty much, you know, Democratic BS. That's not true. That never happened and all that. So when he went on break, I called in, got through to him, and I said, "Hey, listen, the guy's name is Andrew Clyde. He's, you know, down in Georgia. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised you haven't heard of this guy. You can go on YouTube and find him. Okay, caller, thank you very much. Hangs up on me. I wanted to go on the air with the guy, and he hangs up with me. So I listened to it, and he never brought up the correction. He just went on to another thing, and it's just sort of like, and I hear that stuff all the time. I remember I was out of town." during, you know, the January 6th thing or the day afterwards. And I called him the show and this guy was like, hey, man, he was just talking to like a football coach. I'm a football coach. I want to get my team all riled up and all that. That's all that Trump was doing. Just because a couple of them went crazy. Doesn't mean, yep. you know, I'm like, I, I, I go, that's the worst argument in the world. Of course, they hung up on me there too. So anyway, John, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Care. Thank you very, very much for fighting the good fight and for bringing the intelligence morality to a Trump debate. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Let's go back to the phones. Greg in Ohio, you've been on hold forever, and I thank you for your patience. Hey, John, how are you? Great, how are you? Um... Well, you know, I'm still alive, even though I've okay. been old forever. Okay, well, I thank you for hey, it. The first thing I wanted to start out and say, I'm, I live in the best part of Ohio. I live in northeast Ohio near Cleveland uh, and Akron. And it is the liberal part of Ohio, even though the rest of the state is crazier than hell. Um, and... You know, I wish we could succeed along with Texas um, and just form our own little state, but that's not going to happen. Um, I just wanted to tell you, you guys were, or you were getting me so depressed at the beginning of your show. Okay. And, and why, what, what part and, of it? And I what also, part of it listen, to, I also what? listen to Michael and I listen to Dean and they get me depressed too. And I'm like, Oh no, we're gonna. It's doom and gloom. No, it's um, not. It's not doom and gloom at all. In my case, it's mockery and ridicule. And again, I, I'm going to remind you of how I closed my opening rant today because I said they're only going to win if we let them. It's only depressing if we don't show up to vote. And even if we don't show up to vote and they take over, what has history of this country taught us? Every time the fascists take over, they're always too stupid to pull it off. They always crash and burn. <laughs> this is what we've lived I hope, with my I whole. Hope so. Because, Look at Bush and Cheney. Was, Bush was, and Cheney were too stupid to pull it off. Trump, our fascists are like, you know, the stupid is always greater than the sinister. I call them dim shady. That's how I ended it. I said America's where it always has to get worse before it gets better. And that is depressing, but that's the pattern. But they only win if we let them. And I think that all of this media talk that there's going to be a gigantic red wave this this fall might be a little premature. I think a lot of the media is owned by very you know, rich men who don't so. want their taxes to go up three points. I, I really hope so, because it's like, I, first of all, like I don't understand why Biden's numbers are so low. The guy is doing everything plus what you would want a president do, to do, and people just trash the hell out of him. And I'm like, what? Yeah, well, I mean, but but again, again, 
This is the problem Democrats have. They have their plans and then they're not. And then the obstacles come and Democrats don't always know how to handle the obstacles. And they stand there like an S&M slave who forgot his safe word and just get pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. I, I didn't like seeing John Kerry be a human pinata when he ran for president. And they have not figured out a way to punch back yet. Maybe they have a way to do it. They're going to do it in the fall when it matters most. I don't know. But again, if the American people are believing this Republican bullshit that there's, you know, there's global inflation in every country, all of our allies and most of our allies have much higher gas prices than us. They want to believe that Joe Biden's responsible for all of it worldwide. Well, why haven't the Democrats been creative enough to find a way to disabuse them of that notion? We're doing it here on Progress all day, every day. We're getting the facts out. We're cutting down the bullshit every day on this channel. And it's not our job well, to carry water for Democrats. But we, we do it because right. I don't and, hear the messaging here's, coming here's from the my, National Party. Here, here, here is my plea. Okay. My plea is for you guys to redouble your efforts. And I know you are doing a lot of what you can do. You need to redouble <laughs> your efforts. All right, Seriously, I'll redouble my efforts. But hey, we, I want to remind need, you of something. We need, to get people, we need to get people involved. I was... I've been involved, you know, I can't get so involved right now. My wife's having health problems and so that, you know. But you are involved. You are you are involved. You're listening to shows like this. You're calling shows like this. You're going to vote this year. You're involved, man. It's not you I worry about. It's all the people out there who think it doesn't make a difference. I voted two years ago. What's the whole point? I say every day, the racists are showing up to vote. The fascists are showing up to vote. The status quo is the status quo because they're more organized than the rest of us. But I just want to remind you, I began the show talking about this insane list of new platform details for the Texas Republican Party, and I ended up oh, talking about ex- exactly I, why I, they're I, never... I, yeah, they're, you know, but I, here's the thing. They're never going to secede. They're knuckleheads. They're not going to give up their military bases. They're not going to give up their Medicaid, their SNAP benefits, their unemployment benefits, their Medicare. Th- these guys are dopes who do this to get the mouth breathers drooling on the clicker to be more loyal to a party they're already loyal to. I'm here doing my patriotic duty and ridiculing them for being a complete bunch of racist clowns. And God bless us, everyone. I gotta run. I thank you, Greg. Trust me, it's only depressing if we give in to it. <laughs>